water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. Underlined to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. <laughs> and they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, what's it say? But what? But the servants who had drawn the water knew. You can speak out in church sometimes. Because <laughs> I'm going to need you to help me preach this sermon. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This, verse 11, the beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Let's pray. So, Father, again, thank you so much, God, for this, this your day, the Lord's day. This Sunday, gathering us here, God, in our obedience to the Word of God, to gather, to sit, to fellowship, God, to worship you. And now, Lord God, the honor of opening your Word and just reading it, Lord, blesses you. But Father, I ask that you go beyond my notes, that you speak to us individually and congregationally here at Richmond, God. For we've come to hear from you. Bring it, Holy Spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've heard the saying, I'm sure you have, uh, many hands make light make light work. There you go. You're, you're speaking to me. Praise God. <laughs> and this morning, I want to speak on the blessing, guys, that we have when we serve the Lord. And more specifically and locally, speaking to you here at Calvary Chapel, Richmond. You see, serving Jesus through serving others is what I want to ask you all a question about. Serving Jesus through serving others. Are you serving? You don't have to answer aloud. But are you serving? Just think about that. Are your hands helping around the church? I'm sure they can use your help. And by the way, Tim didn't ask me to teach this. He didn't say, hey man, get him, man. Mm. <laughs> You know, like when he comes, I said, can you teach on tithing? No, I don't say that. <laughs> the Lord provides, amen? He, he surely does. But are you, are you involved here, laboring for the Lord, where you're being fed and loved? This is your church. This is what you've called your church, um, you know, and you're members of this church. And this is where you're being fed. And this is where you're being loved. This is where you're having these fried chicken feasts. I mean, is that the colonel? Is the colonel going to be, be here? Yeah, better than that. That's right. But if you are, then I'm sure you can relate to the, the title of, of this message, The Blessing of Serving God. But if you aren't, and you're physically, and physically you can or able then please know that the church needs and can use your help. See, as a pastor, I can say that, and it's true at any church, I guess, speak or for our church, for I taught this sermon a few months ago at our church, and I challenged them with the same thing. Are you serving? Are you serving? There are so many blessings, guys, when one serves the Lord. Think about it. We get to, we get to, sir. I know we say that a lot, but it's true. We get to, man. The opportunity is before us to serve one another. We get to perhaps lead a third grader to Christ. Imagine that. Uh, I know my, uh, my son, he, he serves, him and his wife serve the youth in our church. And it's so neat because that group is growing. And just a few weeks ago, we had a junior high, and they're so little, you know, right? These junior high kids, it's like, I mean, well, her first time there, um, just through the teaching, he teaches the same thing I teach on Sunday morning. We're in the same book. 
And after the, after the, after the service, she says, I, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Now, me and my wife know the family. We've known them for over 20 years. Um, but to see now the grandchildren coming to the Lord. And my son, you know, as, as uh, ambitious as we are and excited, he, he had one of, the, one of the, the, the servants there serving with him, one of the helpers. Why don't you lead her to Christ? And you could just see the glow on her face as she's praying with this sixth grader to receive Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. I love that. And he was sharing that. And, and then our, our children's ministry leaders, and they're sharing what takes place up, up in, in, our, in this case, upstairs. And, but maybe you get to do that. Or maybe you get the wonderful privilege of rocking a baby man to sleep. There's nothing like it, right? Rocking that baby to sleep. The parents get to come in and sit in the service and get to get fed. And you're there in the infant nursery, changing diapers and rocking babies. You don't realize how much that blesses God. And of course, blesses one another, blesses that, that parent or the parents to be in here. Because in a few weeks, it'll be their time then to either serve or to rock a baby or to make coffee or whatever the case may be. We get to greet a hurting heart at the door. As, as the pastor said, as, as the elder said, many of you come in here, maybe some heavy hearts, heavy decisions have to be made tomorrow. It's Monday. I know we want to remind you it's Monday. We always remind our, our grandson, hey, it's almost time for school and they get mad. <laughs> Granddad, stop reminding us of that. <laughs> but, but maybe you come on a heavy heart and someone just came up to you. Hey, good morning. How are you? How's it going? God bless you. Just simple things like that. Say, so, thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm in the house of God. We get to pray, like I said, with a teen who's trying to navigate middle school. How many of you remember middle school? We used to call it junior high. Remember? The bullying. Name calling. The dress, am I dressed right? You know, you know how these, these poor kids, you know, they're struggling in so many ways. And am I dressed right? Am I dressed wrong? You know, uh, how will they look at me? Social issues among their peers. You get to pray with them. And then you get to see them growing. Or you get to ensure that the church service is secured and safe. We get to be part of a bless, blessing others. And witness how God works behind the scenes in the people's lives. You know, I was telling the first service, there's always the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything. And even in ministry, unfortunately. But we, we are behind the scenes seeing that it, and trying to navigate those things. So the blessings are always good. The good things. Stephen Lawson said, The world defines greatness by how many people serve you. Think about that. And that's true. He said, but Jesus defines it by how many people you serve. And we can't have a greater example than Jesus. A greater example. And I love the fact that in this, in our text this morning, that sure, Jesus could have just turned that water into wine. He just went like that. But he loves to use people. He loves to use servants. To do his work. He loves it. Sure, he did many things on his own. As we read through the Gospels. And you should be in the Gospels always, by the way. Getting to know Jesus. I, I, I'm always in the Gospels reading. I want to know more about my Lord. But Jesus is our great example on what servanthood is. He was a servant leader. And he was an example for all mankind to follow. And that's a great leader to do that. The word servant... Uh, if I may, you know that word, you're taught well here, is diakonos, right? And it can be interpreted to wait on. Think about that. Uh, we remember in Acts chapter 6, I believe it's where waiters are, uh, are brought before people and choose, choose among these men who are going to be your table waiters, who's going to be the ones that are going to be serving you to wait on. It speaks of a lifestyle of service. To others, it's, it's, uh, it's to serve, it's, it's fulfilling the one another ministry, we can, we can say. Not sure if you've ever done a Bible study on the one another's, but that word in the Greek, one another, is alelon in the Greek. 
And it means each other mutually, reciprocally. Someone counted how many times alelon, um, one another, is, occurs in the New Testament. And they said a hundred times, and I'm going to take their word for it because I don't have time to, call, to, to count every one. But it's a hundred times in the Bible. So it, it, if it's that many times, it really is an important, an important word or an important act, an important verb to serve one another. The majority of those occurrences are specific commands. Um, teaching us how and, and then how not to, in some cases, relate to one another. The first and foremost one is, occurs 16 times. I did count these. And it's love one another, beginning in John chapter 13. Then there's honor one another above yourself, Romans 12.10. Then there's build upon one another in Romans 14 and 1 Thessalonians 5. And then you have accept one another in Romans um, 15.7, which is a very important one in the days that we're living in. Care for one another, 1 Corinthians 12. And there it is, Galatians 5.13. Serve, serve one another. So what am I saying here before we get in our text? I'm saying we're in the business of serving one another. That's the ministry that we've all been called to. To serve one another. And if you're married, it begins there in the house. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Wives, submit unto your husbands. Now I'm in trouble with everybody. <laughs> then your children, they see it in the home. Then we come to the fellowship where we call our church and we see it there and involved there so important. Well, let's get to the wedding at Canaan. Look at verse 1 again. Notice it begins with the third day. The third day, referring here to the day uh, Nathaniel met Jesus. But I think the third days in the Bible are very interesting. If you've never done a Bible study or looked those up and, and search the third days, the third days are very interesting. Even in the Old Testament, we have some third days. And, and you see the, the, the subject uh, matter and, and dealing with that phrase, the third day, is very interesting, especially that greatest of third day we, we sang. The greatest one, when Jesus rose from the grave. And here, notice, it will be on this third day that he will perform his first miracle, making water into wine, Blessing man for that day. And it will only be for that day. But on this last third day. The greatest of the third days. At his resurrection. Jesus. Will make the corrupt. Incorruptible. Saving man. For eternity. So the wine will only last. For just that occasion. But when he saves us. And cleanses us. And overcomes death and decay. That's an eternal thing, man. It's a blessing. So it's the third day. They told, they told me I got two hours, so <laughs> we're really doing it Calvary Chapel style. Now the word the, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but on the third day, there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee. Jewish weddings, guys, uh, I'm sure... Pastor Tim has taught you this. Big events. Huge events. Even in small towns like Cana. It's an unknown town. There's really nobody knew. Cana and Galilee was that. We know because it's in the word of God. But, but it was really an unknown place. But it was a, a great event. Uh, all the village probably was in, uh, gathered and invited. Uh, these weddings could last up to seven days. You guys know that. Normally, weddings took place in autumn. Why? Well, it was the best time because the harvest was in, right? And, and the people were at rest. And it was time just to be joyful. It was time to rest. It was a time to attend weddings and rejoice and, and make the heart merry. And, and the Bible says wine makes the heart merry. Now, that doesn't mean you go out and get wasted. Okay? There's a balance there. But it makes the heart joyful. And it's just a joyful time of rest. The harvest is in. The, the, it's time for the wedding. It also says the mother of Jesus was there. 
And perhaps Mary played an important part in this wedding. Perhaps she may have been the village uh, coordinator. Those of you who are thinking about getting married, let me just give you a tip. Have a coordinator. How you say that word? Because when I, I talk to young couples or couples are getting married, and I say, who's your coordinator? And usually the bride-to-be was, well, I am. I said, no, you can't. You got enough. Pick a, your sister, your mother. Pick some sister in the Lord, somebody that can take a lot of that off of you. Because I've been there at the, at the wedding uh, practices, right? The bride's a mess. She's crying because the rehearsal isn't going right. I'm asking all these questions. The husband-to-be is just like. <laughs> Pastor, what do I do? I say, I say, elope. Elope. Let's go to the office, man. We'll just do it right there, bro. Can't do that. I don't know where I'm going. But Mary, what perhaps was that in charge, you know, the coordinator. But notice that John, you know, by the way, when you read the book of John, he never mentions her name. He only says the mother of Jesus. Could that be just basically highlighting the humanity and the deity of our Lord? That he just says the mother of Jesus. But perhaps she's played this role. Now, verse 2 says, Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. I, I, I've got a comment on this. I, I can't let this go, but you know the difference when Jesus is invited to a wedding and when he's not. You, you, you've participated in or attended a wedding when Christ isn't invited. It's different, man, right? It, it, it is just different. From the beginning with Whoever is, is called to be the officiant and the things that he says, he's very poetical he, he's, he, you know, or she's very poetical. But there's never really a mention of Jesus being present. It's always good to have Christ always at every, at every wedding to be invited. But listen, and also to be welcome to stay throughout the marriage. Oh, Jesus, we're going to invite you to our wedding. But after that, you know, we're going to take a break. No. He's invited. He's spoken above, of, of, and, and he's continuing to be that unseen guest. Well, someone said this. May Christ be the head of the home, the unseen guest at every meal, the silent listener to every conversation. And I added the prince of peace to every conflict and the last word name at the end of the night. In Jesus' name, thank you for this evening, God. Bless our marriage, bless our family, bless our kids. He has to be invited. You can tell the difference when he's not. Well, we're all there. The Jesus is invited. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is there. The disciples were invited. What few? I think there was about five at this time. They were there, but it all has a purpose. It all has a plan. God has a plan for all of this. Looking at verse there, in verse 3, there's a dilemma though. There's a problem. And it says, and when they ran out of wine. Now by that time, I'm telling everybody, good night. Have a nice day. Bye. I remember when I got promoted. And uh, I was in the Marine Corps for, for some years. And when you get promoted in the military, I don't know... I don't know about the other uh, branches, but there's a thing called a wet down. And you're, because you're getting a raise, it's, a, it's an old thing. Because you're getting a raise, you're getting promoted. You're to, uh, in, in, in the world case, you would go take them to the bar and you have an open tab. But I was already a believer, so we, I'm going to have a feast. So my wife and her, her sister, they brought this Hawaiian meal, because she's Hawaiian. And... Uh, they brought this big Hawaiian meal, you know. And uh, I'm feeding everybody in my, in my shop where I work at, where I lead. And after that, one guy goes, when's, when's, what's next? He goes, I said, that's it. That's all you're getting. <laughs> and he says, well, that's as wet as we're getting. That's as wet as you're getting. That's as wet down as you're getting, man. <laughs> I'm not spending my money at the bar so you can get silly. 
So they ran out of wine here. But guys, this was a major social blunder at that time. It's almost like running, you know, running out of corn pudding out here in, in, in Virginia at a wedding. <laughs> I was going to say mole. How many can mole? Any? mole. Orale, what's happening? <laughs> it's like running out of mole at a Mexican wedding. You know, get... <laughs> You don't do that. <laughs> Failing to provide adequate hospitality in those days was a great dishonor to the family. And they'll talk about you for the rest of your life. You know, they ran a chicken there at, at, at Dorothy and Mark's wedding. They didn't have that mole, you know. Oh, that couple. Yeah, I remember that wedding. Yeah. You know those ones always go to the wedding, always there and staying, never leave. And eating everything. <laughs> But such an error will never be forgotten. So you don't do that. You don't, at this time, run out of wine. But Mary had a solution, did she not? People probably would have said, don't worry. I know a guy. <laughs> happens to be God. I just happen to be related to him. So, it says, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Now, first of all, seriously, I like the fact that she went to Jesus. Amen? She went to Jesus with this problem. We need to go to Jesus. A lot of times we run to MasterCard. And we run that up. Then we run to Visa. And we run that up. Or you know what I mean. Or we run to this person and that. And that's great. Again, the one another. We should... Share with one another. But the first person we should run to is our Lord and Savior. Do you know him? Is he your Savior? Savior. See, what is a Savior? A life saver. One who rescues. One who saves. One, one who's there for us. So I do like the fact that she went to him. She was the mother of Jesus. However... He also was the son of God. The son of God. And Jesus said to her, woman. Now, being in the military, a lot of times I read a woman. You know, because I would never talk to Dorothy that way. She won't let me. But uh, <laughs> I want to. I'm not lying. But woman, you know, trying to be all macho and everything. Be quiet, old man. But here, it's a term of endearment, of loving respect. So when you read it now, don't read it like that. Read it, woman, you know, woman. What, what, what does your concern have to do with me? Now, it's, it sounds a little snarky, but it's, he's not being snarky. He's very respectful. The scriptures tell us that from the age of 12 on, he realized he was just going to be in submission to his parents, and he loved his parents, and... But, but, but now he walked out of the carpenter's shed. He's, he, he's now on his three and a half year or so uh, duty of, 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 of serving and coming and making his way to Calvary. He's in ministry now. He's now come to do the Lord's business. Now it was time and he's looking at her and what does that concern have to do with me? He says here, notice, he explains himself now. He says, my, my hour has not yet come. Boom. And I think when Mary heard that, I go back to when Jesus was dedicated at the temple. I go back to uh, the prophecy that was spoken to Mary about how the sword was going to pierce her soul. I think this is the beginning of that a little bit. We know there at the cross it was really deep by that time. But I think as Mary hears him say that, he goes, whoa. So, so, you know, you put yourself in, in the sandals of Mary. She gave birth to, to Jesus, but he's the son of God as well. Humanity and deity. So, so she realizes, you know, like that song says, I love that song. I know we're all tired of it, but Mary, did you know? This child that you're, 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 you're raising, you're rocking, you're, is going to one day save you. And so I just think a little bit of that is going on as well. The hour he speaks of is the hour of his revelation. 
the hour of, of Jesus as, as the Christ, as the Messiah. My hour when, when wine will play a, a very significant role and part in the upper room. When I institute a communion service, when I institute communion in remembrance of me, my hour in that upper room where I will go to Gethsemane, the crushing, the, 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 the crushing there as he was crushed. Gethsemane means the, the crushing. Speaks of a of a, a a wine press, the pressing. My hour has not come. The divine hour, appointed by God for His death on the cross. And this request of Jesus was heavy, because He knows that whatever He does, if He takes care of this, that it's going to begin to reveal that He is. That he is Messiah. But I love the fact that who he first reveals it to. To the servants. Unknown to us. As I said, but known to him. To the, to the few disciples who are around. And I love the fact that they're watching. Because a lot gets caught, you see. In Jesus' ministry, he taught. Don't get me wrong. We teach. We're Calvary Chapel. And there's some good churches around here, no doubt, who are teaching through the Word of God. But a lot gets caught, applied, and we learn. That's where we learn, we're watching. So I love this. I love what's going on here. But, but as he's doing this, in a sense, as I saw, guys, there, there are some requirements for serving the Lord. And you may come up with some other ones. But all of these requirements are volitional. You can do it, I can do it, if I want to, if I obey, if, if I'm... If I'm going to follow the Lord, I want to serve him. And he says, well, great. As I see it, availability, obedience, and humility. Very simple. You may come up with some others. But I see these three, um, I call them uh, uh, oh, uh, mindsets. I call them requirements. They're, uh, you could come up with your own name. Uh, I, I've only gone through the high school uh, in California in the 70s, so I'm not all that, okay? Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, we, we would get on the bus for a, for a 15 to 20 minute uh, ride to high school. We were all excited because we get to listen to the radio on the, on the bus, you know, back in the 70s, and we didn't know they were busing us. <laughs> That's how ignorant we were. We just started going for a long ride, Holmes. <laughs> then you think back, Hey, they were busing us. I don't even know why I said that, but as we read our text, <laughs> I don't hold grudges, man. When we read our text, California State, surveying it, I know, Lord, forgive me, surveying it on our topic of serving, well, we come to see that the Lord requires three important requirements. As I said, availability, obedience, and humility. And these same three mindsets, friends, must be practiced even today. And we're going to see them. I'm going to point them out to you. God has not called us to be spectators. We do that at the Nats game, or we do that at the Redskins game. Flying squirrels, is that what you guys have here? We do that at the Fred Nats <laughs> stadium. We're spectators. We're there. No, he's called us to all be servants. Not to watch, but to engage. Acts 20, 35b, it says, And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, It is more blessed to give than what? It's, it's, it's not that it's not a blessing. It's, 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 it's not a blessing to receive. You guys are blessed here every Sunday, every Wednesday, or what days the church is open. You're a blessing to others in your workplaces, at home, in your neighborhood. It's, nothing, it's, nothing, it's not that it's a blessing to receive, but it's more. It's a double blessing to give of your time, your talent, and your treasures. It's, it's, that's a blessing, man. It's a double blessing when we do that. So, Availability. Notice, his mother said to the servants, they're there. 
Now, of course, they were probably hired or, you know, uh, for this wedding, but they're available. And availability speaks of this. Here am I, Lord, what? Use me. And notice the servants where they're standing by. They're, they're at the ready. And, and availability is assigning oneself to the Lord's will as he directs. You notice that? As he directs. Availability is not so much about ability as you've been taught. God takes care of the ability. You may say, well, I have no ability. I, there's no way. My age, I'm old. Hey, junior high kids love old people. Babies love us old folks. Right? And uh, they, they love old hands changing their diapers. And, you know, but he will make you, he will give you the ability to teach that Bible study. The ability to do that life group or home group, whatever you call to, to To open your home. He, he will give you that. Well, I've never really opened my home. And hey, God will bless you in that. He'll bless you as you're cleaning up. He blesses you. So we have to make ourselves available to be used for a particular purpose that will glorify God. As Paul again wrote, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Guys, we are created to serve. Now we haven't been saved by works, but for good works. Okay? We're not saved by works. Grace alone, amen? Faith in Christ. It's the gift. But once we're saved and we begin to grow and mature and are, we're discipled, well, then it should just be supernaturally natural that, how can I serve the Lord, man? I want to serve the Lord. That's the way we were created. But some of us are like, here I am, Lord. Use me, but let me know your, how you're going to use me. And let me go check my calendar first or, you know, you know how it is, Right? I've done that. Uh, make sure it's in, you know, by my neighborhood. Make sure it's very close. And... No, it's telling God from a sincere heart, I stand ready where you lead, I will follow. Where you lead, I will follow. Lord, where's the need? And then pray that, but he's going to use you. He's going to show you where the need is right now. And you know, sometimes we, we might uh, sign up to work in, in the nursery. And as you're there, you're realizing, okay, I'm not sure if this is really where I should be, but I will be committed to my time that I gave. But I'm really looking at this or, wow, I, I really see that. And things just start opening that way. And it, again, it just happens supernaturally. Uh, one, line, one time, I, I went in and taught the junior high. Uh, it was the last time I taught the junior high. Uh, I was f still in the military, and they weren't recruits. And, uh, ooh. Mm. Forgive me, God. <laughs> but you'll know. And, and you'll do your time. Not doing your time. We're going to do time, man. Where are you at? Oh, man, I'm... I'm in the third graders, man. What do you got? I got toddlers, man. Oh, dude, we're doing time, Holmes. No, it's not like that. It's, it's better. It's good. It's a blessing. Because, because they'll remember Miss Dorothy. They'll remember Mr. Jones. And you'll see them grow up in the church. And I remember you. You actually listened? Yes, I did. And it was because of that that really got me thinking about accepting Christ as my Savior. This is just a blessing, guys. Well, also obedience. Look at verse 5 through 7. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, there's availability. They were there, right? They were at the ready. Of course, they were servants. But then he says, she says, whatever he says to you, do it. Guys, these are the final spoken words of Mary in the Bible. You won't find any other words from Mary. This is the final, and I think those are that's great advice for all of us. Whatever he says to you, do it. Not whatever I say to you. Servants, I've been giving you already your, your chores. I've been giving you your, your duty here at the wedding, what you are to do. And supervising, in a sense, or overseeing these, these containers where the people 
would come in and they would wash their hands or ladle, they would have a ladle poured over their hands for the purification washing. You know, the Jews were all about ceremonies and things. But now I'm not telling you whatever he says to you. And she walks out of the picture. Whatever he says to you, you do it. The miracle that is about to take place was set in motion, as we said, the messianic revelation of Jesus Christ. And I think, I, I don't think I'm too far off the shoes realizing, as I said this, it's no longer about, I say, it's now about what the Messiah says, now about what the Lord says. They were at the disposal, these servants were. Mary, again, perhaps was the coordinator, being there as well, and they there at the ready. They were going to be used by Jesus to manifest his first miracle. Think about that. His first miracle. As I said, the disciples were in a classroom uh, setting. They were watching. They were observing. They were learning what Jesus was going to require of them as well. What servants look like. What obedience looks like. Obedience is serving as directed with the right attitude and without complaining. That's another thing we do sometimes. We're, we're there. We're constantly complaining. We don't have the right attitude. People pick that up as well. I think of a guy by the name of Jonah. How many of you know Jonah? Now, go back to your study on Jonah. Jonah was available. Hey, everybody, I got my prophet degree. Oh, awesome. Yeah, God has called me to be a prophet. Praise the Lord, man. Got your assignment yet? No, but I'm ready wherever God wants to use me, you know. And all of a sudden, God says, yeah, I want to use you. And he said, whoa, wait a minute. He was available, but he wasn't obedient. Jonah 1, it says in verse 1, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh. All right, there it is. All right. That great city. And cry out against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. And so Jonah went to Nineveh. Now it doesn't say that, right? <laughs> but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish. You guys know this. It's the opposite way. From the presence of the Lord. You can't get away from the Lord. Where can I go? That you aren't there, God. And notice... And guys, let me tell you, when you're disobedient, <laughs> it's always going to go down and down and down. Maybe you're backslidden here this morning. Maybe you came in, praise God, thank you for coming. And you've been backslidden. And you know you're going down. See, that's what happens. See, you hear that? That's somebody, that's a, somebody just dropped, man. We're dropping him here, ladies and gentlemen. That's the Holy Spirit. That's not me. Jonah, get up. But look at verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. And so he paid the fare. You're always going to pay, man. And he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And you know the story. He continued on. He ends up getting swallowed by a big, large fish that goes down into the deep of the sea. See, you put yourself out there. God used me and then, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't, whoa, I didn't sign up for that. Sometimes he tests us. And it's for our, our own good. Here's this guy. I'm a prophet. Hey, 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 I got my prophet card. Then he doesn't want to be. He wants to be a non-profit organization. You can't do that. <laughs> I know, man, it's old. Eventually he went, we know, and all he was asked to do is go tell them to repent. And they did. And children's lives were involved. And people's lives and souls were saved at that time. God is looking for someone who is ready, faithful, and obedient to his call. And if this sounds like a recruiting <laughs> speech, I guess it is for some. But it's, it's the best branch that there ever is. It's the church serving Jesus Christ. Verse 6. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. Now if that was me, I'm thinking, why? 
It's over. The ceremony's over. Why do you want me to fill this up? What are we doing here? But they didn't. And they filled them up. And not only did they fill them up, they filled them up to the brim. The servants obeyed without question. Why do we always try to question? Why, God? Why do you want this filled up? But, but he did it without question. Just what Jesus said for them to do, they filled those water pots even though they knew these containers were used for the purification of the Jews. Who knew after they filled them up and they filled them to the brim what sediment was floating on top? You ever, if you're going to get baptized, be the first one. I'm sorry, man. Things I can say here that I can't say at my church. Because I tell you what, uh, uh, you know, hairspray and all kinds of things are floating. Oh, there's a little piojo. I mean, a little bug. We'll just get that out of there. And then you start scratching your head. I'm sorry. But, who, you know, who knows what was floating? I mean, all this washing and... It wasn't used for potable water, man. It was, just wasn't used. But they did it. They, they, they went. They were obedient to the Lord's command. And again, they didn't fill them halfway. We don't do, we don't serve, I should say, forgive me. We should never serve halfway. But it says to the brim. To the brim. Brothers and sisters, we are to leave it out on the field. Everything. Right? That's what we expect when we're spectators at a game. Hey, they better play their hearts out, man. They better, at the end of this game, they better be coming in, huffing and puffing, and just have got, done everything they could. Put it out there. Of course, we do it. We do it under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We may not come in huffing and puffing. We come in glowing, right? The Chicano glory, man, it's all over me. We got the Holy Spirit. Ministry and serving is not to be done halfway, but it's to be done with excellence. Somebody said, excellence honors God and inspires people. Again, the disciples are watching. They're watching how they do it. It's inspiring them. See these guys service. Jesus says, go fill them up. Let's go fill them up. Let's do it to the brim. As I said, he could have done it. Jesus could have done it himself. He could have just went. But he loves to use servants. And the blessing here, guys, in their obedience and their availability and their readiness they got to see the miracle. They got to be part of the first miracle. The first. And it taught the disciples the application of this. That what true servanthood looks like. In obedience. And how servants who share in the labor. Also share in the blessing. Also share in the blessing. And that leads us to humility as we wrap this up. I always say that to kind of get people to feel good. Ah. But verse 8, and he said to them, Jesus, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. Now, wait a minute, God, I, I get it. I went ahead and I filled up what you want me to do. Now you want me to take this and you want me to lose my job? I'm taking it to the master? I'm taking it to, to the, the master of the feast who, who probably hired them. I'm taking to them this water with stuff floating on top. But Jesus says, you have served me. Now serve them. You have served me through obedience. You have served me in what I've told you to do. Now serve them. They got the blessing in doing that. And this would take a great step of faith. But these servants did not look to the natural. They obeyed Jesus Christ. They saw what happened. And as they're doing it, I believe the miracle took place. And it says, and they took it. Obedience and faith go hand in hand. Without one, the other is nearly impossible. Obedience and faith. And notice verse 9. And when the master of the feast had tasted, I know you guys know this. But when he had tasted the water... That was made wine and didn't know where it came from. But the servants who drawn the water knew. I love that. The servants knew a miracle took place because they were there and ready to be used as directed. 
They could have boasted. They could have taken the glory away from Jesus. They could have said, yes, boss, we found the grape. We, 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 we made the wine. We bought the wine. We knew where there was a good place to buy wine. I mean, they could have taken all, because nobody would have known, right? But that's why our walk with God is, is, is such a relationship that God knows us. How could we... How could we take our glory away from them? How could we not glorify him for all that he's done? You see, the fear of God, the honor of God, the glory of God, the, the, you know, just the, the presence of God being in our lives. How could we not be humble? How could we not show humility? No, they were just able to be involved with this wonderful work, the humble service and the obedience to the Lord. And they experienced God's will at work. They experienced how God could use them behind the scenes and surface and service for the people. They did exactly what Jesus asked them to do. And he said in verse 10, notice, every man at the beginning sets out good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. So there was apparently uh, this way of doing this in the weddings, you know, to set out the good wine first, which is more expensive wine, and then later you would serve uh, Boone's Farm. Or <laughs> if you don't know what Boone's Farm is, don't worry about it. <laughs> I, had a, I had a flashback right now. I'm sorry, man. You know, Chardonnay first, and then Boone's Farm comes in. You know, I don't. I don't drink. I'm just. I don't know these names. But uh, I'm gonna need one after this. But no. I'm not. But, um, you know, he just says this. It was just what they would do at weddings, right? They would bring the best, and then when they, their heart was really joyful, then they just give them regular table wine or whatever. But he says, you kept the good wine until now. I love that. It's not, it's not so much about the wine. It's about the, the, the blessing, the gift, the, the, you know, the, the enjoyment, the, the blessing. These servants experienced the greater blessing, though. When they served that day, just like, what's he going to say? Am I, am I done? They, ex they experienced the greater blessing being with and serving Jesus. And then, then having, having the honor of serving it to the master and, and them getting the, the sense, the accolades, the, but they turn, they gotta, they've got to turn that over to the Lord. Uh, it's nothing wrong with encouraging one another. Hey, brother, that was a great message, man. It was a beautiful message. It was an outstanding message. Hint. But anyway, uh, and then I will say, praise the Lord. No, I should. You know what I mean. Nothing wrong with encouraging one another, man. Boy, you, you really changed that diaper, man. Wow. I've never seen anybody change a diaper like that. And, well, praise God. But no, seriously. Just think about it. Just think about that little lad uh, there that, that had uh, two fish and five loaves. And he saw that multiply, and he saw it, and he, saw, he was there. This is all I got. God will take whatever's in your hand, whatever's in your heart, whatever your desire is, truly, and he'll use it. And this little boy, he just had, and then he's like, wow, look at that. 5,000 men, not counting women or children. He'll take that. And that little lad, of course, the disciples also saw the miracle. Wiersbe says this, I'm sure your pastor abused this. Ministry takes place when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. That's ministry. And serving and being a servant, you're in the ministry. This, the beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. An unknown place, unknown servants, a few disciples, the beginning of signs. And his disciples, it says, believed in him. Spurgeon says that, the, should actually say, believed on him. For they already had believed in him when they followed him. Having no place to lay their head. Having no place to call their home. But they followed him when he called. And now, here, they're seeing signs. And it manifested his glory. And the disciples believed Hence, fulfilling the purpose of why John wrote his gospel. I wrote this gospel so many will come to believe and to know Jesus Christ. And this is what's going on here. 
the witness, they witnessed his glory supernaturally, seeing this accomplishment, this miracle take place. And they were just blown away. And they learned much learning to be servant leaders by three unknown or unknown servants. I say three because there's three pots, but who knows how many were there. Just doing what they were called to do, being obedient. The wedding party and the guests were recipients of the wine provided, but the greater blessing than the wine provided was seeing water turned into wine as the servants acted upon what Jesus directed them to do. All the things that God wants to use us for. We may call them little, but they're huge in God's eyes. And you may not get up here, you may never be called to be a, a, a minister or pastor. You may not have a, a, a stage ministry per se. The fact is that God sees you, he knows what you're doing, he loves what you're doing, and you're doing it for his glory, honor, and praise and for the kingdom here on earth. And you'll get that well done, good and faithful servant. Boy, you changed those diapers so well. You blessed my children. You did great things with that voice of yours. I didn't give you that voice to waste in the world. I gave you that voice to sing praises to me in the church. Mm -hmm. Oh, the things, guys, that wait for us in being obedient and serving the Lord. Let's pray. So, Father, thank you for allowing me to open the scriptures with these, your people. Thank you for Calvary Chapel, Richmond. Of course, God, we pray many blessings upon this fellowship. As you're growing not only in, in number, but you're, you're growing in maturity. You're growing, God, servants here who love you and want to serve you, God. Pray for Tim. We pray for Pastor Tim and his family and his away time that he would be rested, uh, prepared, excited, Lord, as always to come back and to be with the flock of God that you have called him to. Bless them, God. You know the needs here. We know you'll provide. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.